Today on the Foscast, we are talking to one of my former teammates, ex-England, Manchester United and Watford midfielder, Tom Cleverley, about the injury that forced him to finally call it quits. Playing for England whilst there was actually a god-awful petition running to try and stop him playing for the national team and an incredible story which involves Roy Keane and some not very nice text messages of the Foscast. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Clevs, welcome to the Fozcast, mate. Nice to have you here. You all right? I'm good, mate. Yeah. Lovely to see. He looks a million, by the way. He smells a million and he looks a million. I think he might be the best dressed guest we've had on the Foscast so far. I, I concur. He concur. is the best dressed Foscast guest we've totally, had. Totally, totally agree. Uh, before we get into the podcast, we have got a nice little giveaway for you guys. First of all, Clevs, I've got a gift for you, mate. A uh, full dozen of Foscast branded TaylorMade TP5 golf balls. Don't lose them all at once. Don't lose them all. Do you get that? Use them all, lose them all. Anyway, um, we have got a giveaway for you lovely guys. Uh, We have got three dozen of these absolute bad boys. Like I say, Foscast branded. All you've got to do to win them is get yourself over to the Cycling GK website, click that menu button, go down to giveaways and you'll follow the links and stuff and three people are going to win them by the way. What a nice little gift that is by the way, isn't it? Lovely. Absolutely world class. Right, anyway, let's get into it then. Tom Cleverly, um, recently retired at Tom Cleverly. Uh, I had the pleasure of playing with you for four years at Watford. We were at Man United together for a little bit. I want to talk first and foremost about how you came to the decision to retire and, and what made you do it. Yeah, it weren't too difficult, to be honest. Um, I'd spent a year out injured, yeah. uh, sort of back-to-back injuries. The, the annoying thing about it is, was I felt technically good enough and like CV-wise, I felt fit enough yeah. to still compete at that level. My body just worked durable. Oh. It was killing me. How, so about, like, how old are you now? 34. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, it's gone a bit early. Um, you, you, you'll know me training. I think I've sort of paid for trying my best in every session. Kind of I mean? pushing through stuff and that. Yeah, and just like when I could have coasted training sessions, done four or five kilometres, I'd, I'd be pushing every minute of every session. And if you do that over a 15-year period... I've not really managed my way miles through on it. the miles on the clock basically because you yeah. you came through quite young didn't you yeah yeah so and like training f- four times a week on 3G pitches from the age of 10 11 yeah. it, I think it was just too I just wasn't durable and it was yeah it was killing me so I uh, I had Achilles surgery at the start of last season um under Rob Edwards yeah. what kind of Achilles injury was it uh, it was it were a full rupture but Partial. Need, yeah and then that's good as gold now. That came back from that brand new. And then in the warm-up at Burnley away, uh, struck a ball, never had a thigh problem in my whole career, uh, and felt the biggest pop. You, you've, oh, yeah, man. I grabbed Hamza Chowdhury and just said, so much just gone off in my thigh. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and, uh, and this is just never, in the warm-up as well? In the warm-up, yeah. Away at Burnley, never had a thigh problem, hit a ball, and yeah. Never kick a ball again oh, professionally. Mate. So what, what's actually happened then to the thigh? Uh, yeah, so it was like a pretty bad ru- rupture of the rec fem, um, which is like, I think it's like high thigh. Did a two-month rehab, came back, kicked a ball, same thing. 
did another two month rehab, did a high speed run, and just felt like it's about to to go again. Oh. Seeing specialists, and they sort of like, yeah, they said you might require. Oh, to, sorry, sorry. At what point? when you um, did the kind of maybe the first relapse, what point did it start going through your mind of, I might, Uh-oh. I might, yeah, this could be the end? Yeah, during the first one, not so much, because I'd never been down this road. Um, when it went a second time, I thought, oh, no. I said, I'll give it one more crack at it. Um, and then in a high-speed run, I felt it again, and I just said, that was enough. I said to my missus, we'll go Portugal Went to Portugal that weekend, and I and I just said, yeah, I need to go get a, a specialist uh, opinion, and, and he sort of guided me to my decision. How frustrating is that then, when you're doing the rehab and you're doing everything properly, and you know you know what it's like being injured anyway. You're first in, you're last out, you're not part of the group, you, you're working so hard to get this right and living properly and doing all this kind of stuff, and then one of the first training sessions back, you can feel it's not quite the same. How yeah. frustrating is that? Oh, it's mind-blowing. It really is. I mean, you work so hard for, for very little reward. And granted, people have got bigger problems going on in yeah. life, but so hard, so hard, day after day, doing all the boring stuff, and it and it breaks down and breaks down. And, and I just realised my body's just not durable for, for elite football anymore, so... The, the hardest thing was I'd been ca- club captain and you're sort of still trying to drive standards mm. around the dressing room and the young lads are looking at you like, well, he can talk, he's always injured. Yeah. Uh, and it was just, uh, yeah, it was just mind-numbing. Is, th- is that a genuine concern, was it, for you? You think, you, you, I, know, I know what you're saying when you say that because you feel like you're, you're saying all this stuff and lads, do it properly, did it? And then you, you just worry that they might have like a little doubt in their mind and saying, hang on a minute, shut up. You're, like, you're, yeah. you're constantly injured all the time. You, yeah. you can't say that kind of thing, yeah. which is crazy because they're not thinking that. I promise you they're not yeah, because you're Tom yeah. Cleverly and I've seen what you do, mate. I've seen what you do behind the scenes. I've seen how hard you work, like you say, every single training session and when you're injured because you've had a few injuries as well. You do it properly. You make sure you do absolutely everything to the maximum of your ability. So they're not thinking that, are they? But it does. It gets in your head. That seed's planted because they. I think that they're thinking, well, if he's doing everything right, why is he not fit yeah. and durable? Do you know what I mean? So it was, yeah, it was, it was killing me both on a being a club captain and, and a player. And yeah, it was just, it was the right. My body said that it's the right time. And what, and what did the um, the specialist say? Uh, yeah, he basically said you, you'd need a massive surgery with a little chance of success oh. rate. So yeah, it was um it was pretty black and white. It, my decision was made for me. Yeah. Um and then yeah, I've not looked back since to be honest. Have you enjoyed it, have you? I have, yeah. So um didn't have much break to be fair. Yeah. It's not like I went, oh let's take the family away. Months and months or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I literally um spoke to Richard Johnson, Jimmy Gilligan, the, the directors of Watford's Academy. Yeah. And they said um, come in and be the eight, train with the 18s, not train, but coach the 18s. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I did. It was literally a week after I made my decision to retire, did that. Um, and then the job for the lead 18s role came available, which I still had to go for an interview process for. I got the job, and that's been me for the last two and a half months. Is <laughs> is head down straight into to the coaching life. Do you know? Um... It's, this doesn't surprise me one little bit. I think I might have said this on so many podcasts. I think I remember we did a Cycling GK vlog once where I had you on, um, we were we were at St. George's and I had you for like a little mini interview. It was like a ten, little 10 minute interview in, in, in amongst the actual Cycling GK vlog. Um, and I remember saying, 
mate, you're 100% going to be either a coach or a manager. Like you can just tell with certain people. So this to me is like the most natural progression in the world. And are you absolutely enjoying it? Because we were talking off camera a minute ago and you were just buzzing off it, wasn't you? Yeah, a lot of people have said that. Like my face lights up. Yeah, yeah, when yeah, you're speaking yeah. about something you're passionate about, your face, yeah. like, you used to do it with cycling. Yeah. <laughs> You did. Not like, I do it with golf now. I do it with golf yeah, now. Yeah, your voice goes up. Like, you get all hands come in. And, yeah, I love it, mate. Like um, The coaching side of it, the man managing yeah. side of it, the, the, data, the analysis part of it. Um, I just absolutely love it, yeah. So you, you came up through um, the An Academy system at Man United and you knew what that entailed and what doing that day-to-day looked like. How different is it now in today's modern era, today's modern football as opposed to what you grew up doing? You have a lot more challenges socially. Yeah. Like, the, there's a little less respect. Really? Um, from the, from no, the, from just, the players? Yeah, I'm just saying, if, if someone, if club captain, when I was growing up, yeah. literally retired and a week later was my coach, I'm not saying they're disrespectful. There's just that little bit of... No, really, yeah. yeah you they're, need to, they're, they're not as not, guarded as what you would have been. No, you need you to provide subs- yeah. substance as well as be the ex-club captain for them to have that respect which I can imagine though you grew up in the same era as me that if the club captain retired and automatically became my coach at under 18 I would not say boo to a goose to him Yeah, I would be the quietest little man mouse mm. you've ever seen in your life no, yeah well, I, I don't want to say they're disrespectful but if I'm talking to 20 lads guaranteed 10 of them are not making eye contact really and that and that's stuff that I thought would just come as a given yeah um, so it, I think that's just society nowadays. To be honest, was that was that what what it was like at Man United though? Was that was it being because do you know like you see I see some young kids and they've automatically got this inbuilt in them where they'll shake your hands and they'll look you in the eye and they'll yeah. talk to you. Yeah, is that what was ex- of, expected of you as at Man United? Because I remember I remember being at Watford and Chris Eagles coming on loan and. This, we're talking about Chris Eagles here, by the way. You know, you know Eagles. But he walked through that door, right? And he shook everybody's hand and he looked them in the eye and he said hello and good morning and goodbye and was respectful. That was just literally the bare minimum Are of they, being a Man United player. Is this taught at a club like Man United? Are these conversations it that used happen? to be? It definitely used was to it be. Was it when you were coming up through? Because obviously, Ben, you joined Man United. I didn't do the academy, did no, I? No, you didn't do yeah. the academy. Yeah. But as an academy player, is that something that's spoken about? Yeah, I mean, you're taught to shake hands properly. Tony, a guy called Tony Whelan. Um, firm handshake, look someone in the eye. Right. And at Man United, you'd, they expected you to only be told once. Yeah. So once you've been taught that, that's how you do it for the rest of your life. And, and yeah, that's it's a nice part about 18s football. Not everyone you have is going to go on to be a professional footballer, yeah. but you try and make them better people in the process. That's um, a, that, that should be, yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's an important part of the job role, isn't it? You've got to make sure that you know that they're probably, not, well, not probably, but there are going to be a vast majority of that group that aren't going to go on to bigger and better things. So you have to make sure that there's a pathway for them as well. Is this something else you have to look at is kind of making sure that it's, yeah, concentrate on your football and do it properly, but you have to be a bit wiser. You have to have something between the ears, don't you? Yeah, yeah, so... Two of my big things are timekeeping, yeah. which people can take for the rest of their life, and focus, so that f- focusing the meetings, so eye contact, um, not messing with your boots if yeah. I'm speaking at half-time. They're two like off-the-pitch things that are my like non-negotiables. And, and I think whether you're a teacher or whether you're working in an office or in the police, I think they're two for timekeeping and focus. 
concentration. Yeah, they're, they're absolute basics, aren't yeah. they? Without yeah. doubt. Oh, do you yeah. know what it just reminded me of there? Um, it was Nigel Pearson when he was manager at Watford. Oh. And <laughs> right, if you were not looking him dead in the eyes, honestly, dead in the eyes and quiet as a mouse, not even looking at anybody, not whispering, no nothing, he would happily pull you out of that whole group, wouldn't he, and make an example of you. I remember him doing it to Cabs. Do you remember? Cabs away at Liverpool away. And he was playing with oh, his boots that. or something like that. Yeah. And he went, look at me. And Cabs kind of went, uh, looked up and then carried on again. He went, you fucking look at me now. And everybody just went, whoa, this is horrible. <laughs> this yeah. is horrible. But it never happened again. No, It uh, never happened again. After Sir Alex, biggest aura I've ever come across, Nigel Pearson. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. He, had, he had it. Like if I was sitting having breakfast like this and he walked in, I, I would go like that. <laughs> Honestly. He's a Honestly. fully grown man. He's like, it'd have been 30, what, 31, 30, 31? 30, and yeah. it makes you do that, doesn't it? Yeah. He, normally when a new manager comes in the club, they get the players and their, their staff yeah. and introduce themselves. He got the whole, everything. whole club, yeah. the whole football club in a canteen and held a room of like 100 people. In his hand. Yeah. Well, you see him on press conferences, don't you? And I always think like Nigel Pearson's had a fantastic playing career, managerial career, amazing, but it could have panned out quite differently with the whole Leicester scenario because there are a lot of people that say... He really put those foundations in place and some of his staff are even there now. Um, but yeah, you're not the first person to say that about Nigel. It's, we've had quite a few people on Nigel's that have either had him. I love Nigel, he's brilliant. Everyone he? speaks so highly of him, don't yeah, they? Yeah, he was. He was yeah. the man, mate. Is, simple it, as that. is it much different so, as a club captain dealing with, how different is it dealing with players that play under you versus academy players? Um so you mean like first team yeah, teammates? Yeah, yeah. Because obviously yeah, they that, are still teammates, aren't they? Yeah, I mean that that was always my doubt when I was going into coaching. Because as a captain, I thought I was really good at the pre-match stuff, sort of speaking to the lads, getting psyched up before a game. I was never sort of good around of holding meetings around the training ground, of holding a room, and that was always my doubt going into coaching. It's I've sort of settled that because it's. It's easier when you've got an engaged room. Yeah. Sort of at the end of Watford, I thought some of the lads were were as easy to sort of engage with or believe in our old school stuff of timekeeping. And, and when you feel like someone don't believe what you're telling them, you sort of you, you don't give, really give, try give, as much. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Do you yeah. find that interesting? Because I think you do. From what you told me, Ben, that might be quite quite where you differ. Because you're in a big group. Big room, big room full of people, Ben. You're quite comfortable talking and, and whatnot. But I remember you saying to me that when you did a kind of team talk before the game, yeah. you didn't necessarily like it. But I remember you specifically saying how good Clevs was. Oh, Clevs was brilliant at doing it. You you remember the team talks where like somebody would come in and you'd stand in the middle and you'd yeah. do it. That, you used to do that and it was like water off a duck's back. It was no problem. Yeah. I remember doing it once and I was shitting myself, yeah. Clevs. It yeah. was horrible. Uh, you were the opposite because, yeah, you'd come in the dress, the training ground dressing yeah, room yeah. after a big defeat and we have to have crisis talks and that's where you'd be better than I yeah, would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, everyone's different. Courses for courses. Right, it? let's take yeah. it back then. We're going to go, we're going to start a, uh, academy, academy. Ben, before we do, sorry to interrupt. I need to understand when Ben Foster first met Tom Cleverley and Tom Cleverley first met Ben Foster, what was your first impressions of each interaction other. yeah what's your first um, interactions and let me let me tell you of mine of clevs um so clevs was um he was um he was like a little rat bag basically yeah <laughs> how that's old a, were you that's a compliment by the way <laughs> it is a compliment so ben you're six years older than tom am i yeah. how has that happened 
I look, yeah. I look even younger no, than you now. At, you're looking a million. To be fair. <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah. So signed for Man United, and Clevs was um, you'd have been you'd have been coming up through the youth team basically. You'd yeah. been on you'd have been on the fringes of like the reserves and getting yeah. into the first team and all that kind of stuff. And he was injured at the time actually. Clevs, um, we we kind of we we were injured at a very similar time, so we, we spent a lot of time doing that. Um, but I just remember him being this kind of, um, and we could talk about it in a bit. Some of the haircuts you used to have, Clevs, horrible, horrible. Horrendous. And that's what I mean when I say rat bag, like proper. Chav haircuts, yeah. Some of the worst. I remember of the worst. skinhead. Yeah, skinhead, little Mahican ones, oh, little like so proper bad. Chav ones, right? Yeah, so so bad. We'll put some pictures on the screen now. <laughs> you did have the Mahican, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Like, like a side, was it a side? No, it worked side one. No, it was, yeah, it was sort of like faded into. I remember. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shocker. Um, but yeah, I, I, when I say rat bag again, it is a compliment because I'm. That's exactly how I would describe him as a as a player. He would be that midfield rat he would work tirelessly and he would shut you down he would tackle he'd snap at you and that's just what he was we got on really well off the pitch anyway but that's my first impressions of him with that and I think that's kind of how that's why you made the career you made from being that guy didn't you yeah I mean five foot nine not really quick Mm. don't really score many goals from midfield you have to be something yeah you have to have that one strength that sets you out and mine was energy and I had decent quality passing and stuff like that. I was like, well, I always enjoyed watching, I'm not blowing smoke it rouse, but I always enjoyed watching you. Always, always. And yeah, I always liked to buzz it. off it. I, I remember do, him I saying do, all and I just, time, he's you so cons- lovely in that midfield. Consistent. But yeah. you're consistent, but you'd also just put your foot on the ball, wouldn't you? And Yeah, you know. I think my organisation was one thing that the, the crowd can't hear, but to be able to organise mm. people and that's helping me in my, my career now. Where do you get that from then as a kid? So where does where does a 18, 19, 20-year-old Tom Cleverley learn to be that little midfield rat bag? <laughs> I'm not sure, to be fair. Just in belt, you think? Yeah, I think it was. I'm not going to sort of... I'm not quick, yeah. not strong, not tall. So, yeah, that was my one asset that I had. This is your X factor. Did, did, yeah, real... did you work on the organisation? Um, or did that come naturally as that well? That come naturally, yeah. But I, I realised how important communication was playing in front of Rio. Yeah. I, I, I realised as a midfielder, I don't have to check either side to because to, Rio basically had me on control. So I thought <laughs> okay. if I can do that for my forwards, yeah. that helps them. They're not wasting time looking over the shoulders. I'm just controlling them. And, and yeah, that's where the big organisation... We're, we're going to go off on tangents all over the shop here. But we, way, need, we need Clebs' first... Yeah, can I just quickly... I just need to say this story because like people... I don't think people nowadays understand just quite how important communication is on the pitch on a Saturday afternoon or whenever the game is, right? They just, they, people overlook it. They can't see it. They can't hear it. So they don't pay any attention to it. Do you remember when we played um, Liverpool at Vicarage Road? I knew you were going to say this. Yeah, we, we played, we, I'll talk, there's one player in particular, Sean Out, like you wouldn't believe, right? They beat us, I think it was the 5-0 or 3-0 or whatever five, it was, five. yeah. Jordan Henderson in midfield, right, was just, it was, it was, honestly, how much, every one of us came off the pitch and we just said the same thing, didn't we? Like, wow, we so, wow. Im- so important. <laughs> it was He's incredible. like an on-field manager who's got so much quality to go with it. <laughs> He did not even like players like Mane and Salah. They were all like looking at him, like give us information. Yeah, and, help uh, us, help me. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, to it, see it firsthand like that he at was, the top level. Yeah, and that's, the some, top, top and that's level. something you spoke about in the changing room. Every yeah, one of us afterwards. Yeah. Every one of us was just blown away by how he had every one of them Liverpool players on toast. They they would have they would have followed him to anywhere yeah. if they were all stood yeah, on the edge yeah. of a mountain and he said, "Right, we're jumping now." They'd have gone, "Yeah, cool." But people as, people assume that that's. 
a given at, in, at that elite oh, level, gosh. don't they? Clevs, answer that question, please. Nah. Communi- <laughs> communication is dying out of football. Yes. And especially, it's a, it's a rare thing to have a superstar who's not got an ego to be able to listen to someone yeah. like that. And those players, Salah, Mane, they, they completely li- like respected Henderson, knew he was their leader and like Fozzie said, they would have followed him anywhere that day. It's, it's, isn't it? That's what I mean. You, so you look at Jordan Henderson and say, that's incredible that he's doing that. That is, that's phenomenal. And then you, but you have to respect the other players as well because you're talking about Mo Salah here, yeah? Mo Salah, one of the, the greatest players to have played in the Premier League. And he's listening to every single word and he's going, yeah, cool. Yeah, wicked will do. And that he, from that, learns to communicate better with other people. Having these players around, players like James Milner, I know people will just harp on about him, Tom Cleverley, the same thing. They, they, it spreads through the team. You need to, If you've got one or two of them, phew, you're smashing it, yeah. aren't you? Really, it's a, really it's important. It's a skill in itself. So, so, Tom, what was your first impressions of a, of a young Ben Foster coming to Man United? Ooh. Yeah, I can just remember being in that gym at, at Carrington. Um, what bike mm. orientated? Yeah, uh, both injured, bro- weren't we? Both injured. Quite, I think both quite long term. Yeah, yeah. Mine, mine was a cruise ship. Yours was a patella something knee something, wasn't it? Oh, no, it was cartilage. I remember at yeah, the time yeah, meniscus. it was cartilage. Yeah, meniscus. Was meniscus. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I would have been seventeen years old, so you would have been twenty three. Yeah, uh, and yeah, just just in that gym, sort of started our relationship, and then England, bit of England, yeah, in there, and then England, then again at, at Watford. But. Talk to me about the nickname because I remember being in that gym and I didn't quite know what your nickname was because it was <laughs> I didn't get it and I really I, I still probably don't get it to this day. But can you tell everybody what your nickname? Yeah, is? so my nickname at United, everyone apart from Sir Alex, it was Chunks. Everyone <laughs> thought it might must have been Chubby Kid. Um, but now I, I think when I was eleven, twelve at United, I, I used to say swimming chunks. <laughs> 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 Instead, it yeah, pass me the swimming chunks, and it's just something, and then it stuck, yeah, it stuck the whole way through. And, and apart from the, the manager, would always call people by the Sunday name, so I was always Thomas to him. But um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, Thomas. But all the time, just pure respect. Yeah, it was Thomas. Yeah, and <laughs> like well, Welbs would have been Daniel. Yeah, it's yeah, it the way it was, wow. especially with the academy lads. Yeah. Um, but yeah, chunks. So, so talk to me about then coming up through the academy at Man United. I think this is for me where you've learned to be kind of not only the person you are, but the player you are. Um, who else was in that academy team, or maybe a year, a year above, year below, um, that went on to do decent things? Yeah, so above was Johnny. Evans. Uh, Johnny Evans. Oh, how happy for you in the yeah, other day, by the way. We're, we're, by the way, we're recording this podcast. He just made his second debut for Man United the other day against Burnley. Um, the goal should have stood as well, by the way, but the, the assist for the Bruno Fernandes goal <laughs> yeah. was a thing of beauty. What a great lad yeah. as well. Great lad. Um, so Johnny Evans, year above. My year was uh, myself, Craig Cathcart, yeah, someone we both yeah, know. Yeah. Um, James Chester. Yeah, Chester, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, baggies, yeah. Yeah, below was Danny Drinkwater. Cool. Um, then Welbs played in my youth cup team. Yeah. A um, couple of years above me was Danny Simpson, Gerard Piquet. Wow. Gerard uh, Shawcross was a year above me. Every, yeah, within a f- three or four year period of, of United Academy, there's probably 10, 11 Premier League players. That's what I mean. You're talking yeah. about a whole team of Premier League players and might, might not have gone on to do it properly at Manchester United, but gone on to have serious Premier League careers. That, that happened it? for 20 years at Man United, it did, though, didn't exactly it? From, it did. from the class of 92 to relatively recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
um, and then making your way up, progressing, you get yourself into the fring- or onto the fringes of the first team. Um, what was it like the when it kind of dawned on you and you realised, wow, I'm I'm a Man United player? Was a one defining moment. Um, it's pre-season tours were always the yeah, chance yeah, that yeah, the young yeah. lads get to impress. Um, so I did a couple of pre-season tours, scored a couple of goals on them. I thought I came back to Manchester living with my dad at the time. I thought, oh, do you reckon I'll get recognised there? Anyway, I didn't. <laughs> uh, went on loan a few times. Uh, made my de- league debut under Nigel, actually. Nigel Pearson at Leicester. Wow. Um, and then there was one year I had an unbelievable pre-season tour. I thought I was ready. Boss sent me back out on loan to Wigan and then came back, came on in Charity Shield against yeah. City. Had a really good game and then that's when it dawned on me that, yeah, this, this, this could is be, it. And what's that like? Because you're Manchester boy. Um, I know you're a Man City fan. <laughs> uh, he's a Man United fan, obviously. Uh, what's that <laughs> like? I'm actually sort of, I'm Bradford like that. Yeah, Bradford, you are yeah. Bradford, aren't you? Yeah, come on, stay yeah. true to your roots, mate. Yeah. All right. Um, but what, <laughs> what is that feeling like when you come all the way through the academy and then is, is there a lot of pressure attached to it? Um... At the time, it it wasn't easy, but it felt like you're coming into a winning team yeah. with all these players. At the time, you just thought you've got to just fit in and work hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a time after we beat Arsenal eight two. I thought, oh yeah. I, I thought, wow. Remember that I, team? I am. Yeah. I am actually living the dream. Here. Yeah. I went home and I thought, I'm going out tonight, and I'm going to live. <laughs> I'm going to live the dream properly. <laughs> so, so I went out in Manchester. Just beat Arsenal eight two, and I thought, this is yeah, this is stuff that dreams are made of. This is, do you remember like, remember Man United particularly, right? Man United particularly, and Sir Alex Ferguson. He used to play. He used to mix up some of the most unbelievable teams, didn't he? He would he would blood so many young players, fringe players, players that haven't played in a while, and he would manage to somehow shoehorn them into a team, and that team would still go out and win. And it, it was. It, I don't. It but don't it, get done anymore. It wasn't shoehorning though, was it? it? That I don't think personally. It was picking the right players because we talk about it in the Premier League now with Brentfords and Brightons and getting the right players yeah, in. Yeah, but yeah. he would get players that complement each other. Like it, my my remember memory was always like big games. You'd have like Park Ji Sung doing yeah, a certain yeah, yeah, role, yeah. and like John O'Shea used to be a big player for him. Yeah. Darren Fletcher. And then it's not by chance. It 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 make the team yeah, work, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'm sure it was. It must have been very strategic. And you'll know he used to drop you for two games. Yeah. But he didn't drop you for two games. He said the third game you're playing in, and that's, <laughs> yeah. that's your game. And you you'd make you feel special. Yeah. You? you'd be like, right, I'm going to train properly and to to like peak at that game. Yeah, but that's and that's that's the bit that's incredible. Missing. Man that's management. the man management that people won't ever have got to see will it because if no. normally when you get dropped and you know you're not playing you don't know when you're going to play again for one but two the 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 doubt the disappointment the anger of going oh I've been dropped but if you know you've got another game in 10 days well, f- three games time is, is probably a week for Man United back then wasn't it you knew yeah. you had every single game under the sun coming a League Cup an FA Cup Champions League but if you know you've got another game in three that keeps you sharp in training doesn't it yeah. not that you were allowed to dip down anyway because Everybody would have been on you, wouldn't they? Yeah, and he never went against his word, did he? No. So the person in he my position, he remembered everything. The person in my position could have scored a goal in in the Saturday, goal in the Tuesday, and he would still play me on the Saturday. Yeah, like he would never go back in his word. I remember uh, sorry, mapping quick. this out is mental, isn't it? Oh, it's the yeah, way yeah. you used to map that out is incredible. I remember so the the League Cup, the the League Cup back then, the Carling Cup or whatever it was, you know. 
that was the big chance for the young lads to come into the team, wasn't it? And United had such a good sort of history of doing really well in that League Cup, right? So we would always play a mixture of like younger lads with decent, and he would stay true to it as well. So even when we got to the final, he would still play a mixture. It wouldn't be quite so many, but he would still play a mixture of the young ones. And I remember we won our, our second semi final um, in the in the year that I played in the League Cup for for Man United, and he told me pretty much straight afterwards he went. Well done, you did really, really well. It was against Derby, it was actually. And he says, you did really well. Um, you're going to be playing in the final. And he and I'm I'm second, third choice goalie at this point in time. And he tells me that. And I know the final was six weeks away or whatever. And I'm still buzzing my tree off yeah. for the next six weeks, thinking, yeah, you've got to keep yourself going, keep yourself sharp. Like, just, it's next level, and isn't he, it? And he knows he's got a motivated keeper for the next six weeks. For the next six weeks, he's not, flying he's not around. Really playing, yeah. Yes. Um, there's, there's a few players I want to talk about at Manchester United. We just mentioned one there that probably doesn't get the plaudits that he deserved. Um, but everybody within that Manchester United dressing room in that camp knew about Jisung Park and just how good he was and what his qualities were. How nice was it watching him up close and personal? Yeah, best movement I've, I've probably seen yeah. from a midfielder off the ball. Um, best retriever. Like, remember him in the boxes? Horrible. Like, yeah. He used to rat bag to win. Yeah, yeah, he was, um, and yeah, selfless. Yeah. Um, so for those three reasons, he was top top player. Do you reckon? Do you know? Like, this is brilliant. You've got like you've got a massive chance of being a really good coach, by the way, and a good manager. You know what it takes to to really do it at the top level. And I think that word, what you just said then, and it's just probably just hit me then. But selfless, being selfless, yeah, on a football team is. It's got to be one of the biggest things up there, surely. Has to be. I mean, you've got to be some player to to be carried by a team. You've got to have some qualities to not be selfless. You've got to be scoring week in, week out. You've got to be if the team's going to carry you. So yeah, you can only probably carry one of those. Yeah. Um, and the teams who are not so successful, like we've we've been at Watford in some years, we've carried too many people that that are not. Not willing to be selfless because yeah. I think selflessness is is a is an option. You have an option to be selfless. You yeah. know, it's not like an inbuilt thing. You can be selfless. P- players are choosing to not be selfless. That's the bit that probably annoys you, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean it's team sport. And another thing that I thought about going into coaching slash management is because I never was like the superstar player. Is how do you manage those players? Yeah. If if they're not willing to be selfless, but you need them, how do you, how do you manage them? Yeah, are you willing to bite your tongue a little bit? Yeah, and I listened to a good, uh, I think it was Paul McGill- McGinley, you know, the golfer. Yeah, yeah. He, he said when he was Ryder Cup captain, how to manage like Rory and stuff, because he wasn't a superstar himself. He picked the phone up to Sir Alex. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, he really? Went, yeah, he for advice on how to manage superstars, yeah. Um, so what sort of manager would Tom Cleverley be then? Would you be the kind of manager who um, is willing to... Because I, I think you've seen it as much as I've seen it, where you get the you get the match winners, you get the, the players who are the superstars, but you know you can't rely on them. And I think that's fair to say with a, a lot of players we've probably played with. Um, but are you one of those... Would you be one of those managers who's willing to overlook the odd sort of... Um, what's the word? Discrepancy? Um the odd uh, misdemeanor, the odd um, not really putting a shift in, or are nah. you the one that's going to go, nah, not for me, mate, yeah, get I'm, out? I'm very much nip nip it in the bud. Yeah. yeah. And if you give them a chance? Yeah, one one chance, yeah. it's you got to nip it in the bud because I've seen it too many times in my career, snowball. Festers. Yeah. And then, so I, I nip it in the bud. I'm quite I'm calm in the dressing room. I'm uh, calm on the training pitch. Uh, I like to do a lot of individual stuff, video stuff. 
The most like irate I get is touchline during a match. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I just I'm in it. Yeah. I can't help it. Can you not <laughs> control that? <laughs> the adrenaline's it. pumping, yeah. baby. And even though I'm still massively in development football. Like, I want to win. Want to win? Still yeah. matters, doesn't wanna it? Want to win? Simple. It was interesting, Bangs, when we had Troy in. Um, we've had Troy on a couple of times, in, and he kind of said about not not carrying players with Watford because when Watford got relegated, um, when your last year, Ben, yeah, looked at the squad and you kind of go, that is a classic. They look too good to go down yeah. on paper. Um, and Troy always said it kind of when the times get tough. It's the same guys that get called upon, isn't it? Yeah. That, and that, that's the selflessness, isn't it? That's, um, yeah. And it was, Troy was saying it was Craig, Cathcart, it was um, yourself, Tom, Ben. It was yeah. like the same kind of core of core of lads, wasn't it? Well, yeah, that's, I think that's, yeah, I've seen that. In, I've seen it throughout my whole career. I've, you've probably seen the same thing. You've seen it throughout the whole career. You're, again, it comes back to this selflessness and you'll see the players who are the match winners, but when things are going against you and you're losing games and the chips are down a little bit. You can see them not really wanting it. You can see them on a Saturday afternoon not quite fancying it. And that, oh, it's... Do you know, do you know the frustrating part is, like, I can't make myself be able to do that match-winning action. Yeah. Like, you've got more talent than me, but I feel like I can, I should be able to make you work for the team. Yeah. But the two things just... Didn't marry up sometimes. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. It is so mad. Um, a couple of other players I want to talk about from that main night team. I'm not, I don't want to go for the big boys. Everybody talks about the big boys. I want to go for the unsung heroes, the players that kind of went under the radar but just did it so damn well. Um, first one's Darren Fletcher. Um, probably the best side foot passer of football I've seen. <laughs> side foot, really? Off, oh. <laughs> when, pe when people say crisp, yeah, he used to pass it so crisp, but right and left foot. <laughs> always steal me I've never said that before either that's so but good yeah but yeah like when I'm saying to my team now like passing efficiency we call it now like I feel like I should just show them Darren Fletcher videos explain what passing efficiency is so like how hard you hit it if someone pass appreciation yeah weight of pass yeah. like no bobbles in it um, into space if they're running onto it yeah, if they want it to feet if yeah, yeah yeah all, all stuff like we're just trying to coaching too <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah Darren Fletcher just he took so much care in like 10-15 yard passes yeah uh, great guy still speak to him now um, and yeah want United to do well for him as, as well selfless yeah haven't his lads selfless. haven't his lads just gone because Man City. we did a video and no, they were at Man City to, they've gone to United haven't yeah, they they've gone back to United have yeah. they because we Jump did a video ship, with they? chunks up there different chunks yeah um, <laughs> and the two, two young lads the, came up the proper up to chunks you. the proper yeah. chunks yeah. we did a video with and yeah. the two young lads came up to you didn't you and you came over to me and said oh that's Darren Fletcher's lads what are the, what they called Tyler and Jack Tyler and Jack and shout both, out good boys them two by the way both proper gone to United proper boys yeah um, yeah, Fletcher. We played with Fletcher in the um, in soccer raid in the summer. Still, mate, just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, John O'Shea didn't play with John as much. Yeah, um, more trained with him when I was in the academy. Played a couple of resi games, maybe. Uh, another great guy. I still speak to. Um, I think I played golf with him a couple of summers ago. Um, but yeah, just just top top lads. There's not many bad lads that come out. It's United. true, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's true. It's that again, though, that word selfless, just selflessness, just would do whatever it took. If the manager said to him, you're playing in goal today, John, which he did, which he did. Yeah, I was just about to say versatile. Yeah, yeah he, he did, versatile, he did mate. do whatever it takes. But then again, the, 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 you eat, footballers' egos get in the way so much, right? So if you say to a central midfield, you're playing right wing today, they'll be going, what? Yeah. No, 
load of shit. I'm, that's not my position. They'll get their excuses in early doors and they'll be kicking off moaning. You can say that to John O'Shea. You'll say you're playing left back, left left wing, centre forward. All right, cool. Yeah. I'll you do look it. at all those players that we're talking about. They go on and be captains elsewhere. Yeah. They do. Fletch, uh, Stoke, West yeah, Brom, yeah, yeah. Shazy at Sunderland, myself, Watford. Yeah. Like even though they're not big pers- the biggest of personalities in that Man United dressing room, they're still learning how good it is to be that selfless leader. Yeah, standards. They've got the standards, haven't they? Yeah. One thing I was going to ask you actually: Do you remember a time where you've kind of you're playing with the, with the um, academy? Do you remember going up training for one of the first or second times with the first team? Do you do you remember that and the standard and what your feelings were when you kind of stepped up? Yeah, I used to. Shit bricks. <laughs> yeah. Did you really? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I can remember it. Tony Strudwick used to take the warm-ups. Uh, that'd be fine. Then we'd go into the boxes. Young lads would get put in for everything, yeah. even if it weren't their fault. Um, you'd get hammered in there. The manager would walk out about 10 minutes into the session, then everyone's level would go, just go yeah. up 5%, 10%. And then, yeah, you just... Um, look, I'm scared not to give it away, make mistakes, and then then it comes before more normal, normal until you then it, you stop getting nervous at training when you start playing from really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was there a player that when you did step up training every every day, there was, was there standouts? Was there one that you thought, oh shit, they are serious? Scolzi, yeah, Scolzi, Scolzi and Waza. You got to remember. Ronaldo was there, yeah. You, so you're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo? I, I, I didn't train with Cristiano. I, really. I must have, Two, three times, probably. Oh, okay. So, so, but this, from, just from my perspective, then, I was the same as you, Scolzi, and you had Ronaldo, and you could see Ronaldo. He's going to be, you, you know what it is, but it's just Scolzi, Scolzi, and it's just different, isn't it, to see until you see it up there and you're next to it, you just go. Whoa. But and what, what, what is it? Because we spoke about yourself earlier on, and you, you said yourself, I, was, yeah. I wasn't the quickest, the fastest, and and even off camera, we were chatting earlier on about stats, Opta, Oracle, and. Um, no accounting for like dummies and in a world full of stats like if you were to put Paul Scholes in an, an academy team now I'm guessing he doesn't fit the the bill technically because yeah. he's not six foot and sprints 100 Rapid meters and all and, that so what, what was it about Scholesy? um playing I used to get jealous of how good he was <laughs> did I you really go home and think it, it's it not it's impossible to be that good if you try and press him and he'd already have a picture in his brain what yeah. he was going to do. So I'd try press him, he'd just play it around me, te- like using techniques that were just far ahead. So you thought, right, I won't, I won't press him because he's just going to pop it around me. And then he'd just dictate the game, like like the orchestra. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And then, and, and then technically a joke. Honest, honestly, when it, like got, probably you've seen the golfers at Wentworth last yeah. week. He's the only person that hits the ball and it used to go like, like it used to, it like whistle, it was just it just used different. to hit it so pure, like a goal, like a golfer. It's a like a two iron, just. You know, I love, I love Scholes wow. bits, but he's a prick at the same time. Do you know why, right? Because in training, yeah, if if we were doing like a game or six aside or something like that, and you made a save or it dropped down to about three or four yards, man, he would rifle it in the back of the net, yeah, with everything he's got. And if I'm trying to block it still, he don't give a shit, mate. He would just put his boot through it, right? And he, would, he wouldn't he would care. It could hit me plumb in the face, yeah? 
he don't care. He's got no remorse, no nothing, right? He still do it every single time. And he used to just laugh. He used to just laugh every <laughs> single time. I thought, you're such a twat. Such a twat. Um, he plays in soccer head as well. This Crucia. <laughs> oh, did he do it? Was it his Crucia? Oh. oh, God. He did his Crucia. I remember him hobbling off and I just presumed he pulled something. I, I said to him before the game, I said, oh, you've been, you've been doing much. You've like, played much or anything like that. And he's scolded. He's, you know, he's a bit bigger now than what he used to be. And he went, nope, I ain't done anything. Nothing. Absolutely zero. And did his Crucia in the match. Oh, no. <laughs> Never mind, Scolzi. Never mind. Um, right, let's talk about a few of your other moves then, mate. So, um, actually went out on loan quite a bit, didn't you? Yeah. Um, Leicester City on loan, 15 appearances. Watford on loan, 33. Wigan, 25. And Aston Villa, 31 appearances. How important to you for your development was getting out um, and playing first team games? Yeah, it was massive. I mean, the Leicester was like all new experiences, stadiums. My second game, I think I played right mid for a bit, and I remember they had, Huddersfield had a scouser, I forget his name, Gary, Gary Summer, and he and he started going play on him. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and, and do you know what I mean? You, like, well, so what? tell tell us all what you, does that mean? That's the last thing you want to hear. So, yeah, yeah. So like I've come on, I'm a bit exposed on the right, obviously small kid in a League One game, and and he, I've come on for like half an hour, and they've gone play on him. So like everything down my side, yeah. and you've weak link of, basically. They yeah, they targeted of, him as a weak link, but he's not just internalised it. He shouted it for yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all of a sudden you think I'm, I've got to grow up here. I've got to grow up. I can't have that every week. Yeah. And straight away, yeah, Huddersfield at home, my first uh, first home game for Leicester. I thought, yeah, this is men's football. Strap in. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Watford's probably the most enjoyable year yeah. of my life. Move. That was kind of a big breakthrough for you, that Watford, I think. Yeah. You that had a great season, where, didn't you? 11 yeah. goals in 33. Yeah, yeah, got play of the season. And first time living away, I loved it. Danny Graham, partner in crime. Like, if there's one wing you want to go under, it's it. Really? It, it, Danny's oh, really? In there, yeah. yeah, 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 he loved it. He's the boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wigan, then it started getting sort of like, yeah, there might be a path for me to United's first team. Martinez, great coach. Um, back in the northwest, yeah. and the, the Villa one was less a sort of development one. That was at the end of my United contract. Yeah, um, yeah, there was a possible permanent move to Everton or Villa, and I ended up going going to Villa on loan. What's that like when you're playing? Like, say, you're at the end of your United contract. You kind of know the writings on the wall. Did you know the writings on the wall? Yeah. So Van Gaal pulled me in um, and said, "I'm signing Blind and Schneidlin. There's no first team football for yeah. you." I said, "Sweet, honesty is all you want from your yeah, managers." Yeah, damn right. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to go to Everton on a permanent. United wouldn't let me do that. And then so Villa on loan on deadline day was the only th- only place I could go, which I massively wanted to do because it was that or stay see the last yeah. year of my cro- not contract playing. not playing. That's that's that you don't really get that much to be fair. With a year left on your contract, go out on loan for a year as well. You never normally get that, do you? No, had, had very rare. Very because rare. And I think that the club did get offered a fee from Everton yeah. uh, that they turned down. I don't, I don't know if there was bad blood or what, but um, yeah, the club turned down a fee, a permanent fee from Everton and sent me out on loan to Villa and ended up getting no fee. And wow. I went to Everton on a free the year Afterwards after. Afterwards anyway, yeah. yeah. What was Van Hal like at Man United? Uh, very methodical. Yeah. Gr- like You can see why he's been um, so successful. N- not one stone unturned. Um, on a on a match day, do unit meets unit meetings of like forty five minutes. Wow, on a match and like, day, and like the players are obviously thinking, "Quite, it's a bit intense." But you think he's a fairly old guy at the time, doing two hour, two and a half hours worth of meetings on a match day, the busiest day. So, of the week guys, for what's him. what's a unit meeting? Um, defenders and keepers would 
have a meeting by themselves, talk everything, how we're going to build up, how we're going to stop them getting crosses in, set pieces, so on. Uh, midfielders do the same, forwards do the same. And yeah, he was, he was, the level of detail he went into was unbelievable. Wow. Um, and yeah, he just, it just didn't work there. He probably had too many players who wanted to be flair players and have a bit more freedom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could see you were in the hands of a, a top, top coach. That's a weird time at Man United, that wasn't it? Like you said, just a couple of the names that you've mentioned there, like Daly Blind and Morgan Schneiderlin, like players that just didn't really do too much, did they? But there were so many of that kind of players at that yeah, time yeah, at Man United, wasn't it? Maria, uh, wow. Players like that, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Um, so you're signing for Everton. Um, there's a little story attached to this, isn't there? I, I, I'm, I'm buzzing for this. One I've heard one side of the story on TikTok last week yeah. from Roy Keane. Okay. So now I want to hear Tom Clever. The other side of the story. Side of the the yeah, truth. He's, he's, <laughs> no, no, he's, he's nailed it pretty much. Um, it was actually before the Villa loan. Yeah. I'd, I'd been to Roy's house because uh, we lived very close to each other. He, he sort of sold me the Villa project. Um, so he was assistant at the time. He was assistant yeah. to Paul Lambert. Paul Lambert, yeah. Uh, sold the project to me. I, I really liked the idea of it. Um, I was also speaking to Roberto, who had Martinez, who I'd worked at Wigan with. So I sort of, I, sh I probably should have been a bit more transparent and said, no, I'm speaking to Everton as well. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I didn't commit to Villa, but I sort of said, oh, yeah, let's hope we can get things done. You were just stringing... You were cock-teasing him, weren't you, basically? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to admit to that. <laughs> um, you don't want to cock-tease Roy Keane, surely? Um, I don't want to admit to that. Um, and then, yeah, deadline day, I basically, out of respect, text him saying, I'm going to sign for Everton. He texted him, shit, I was actually... <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, ring him, I'm just ring him. Yeah. Nah, just text him. He won't be yeah. able to pick up anyway. He'll be busy, he'll be busy. Yeah, he'll be busy. Anyway, <laughs> he's, he's sent me back a mouthful. Um, not happy. <laughs> not happy. Anyway, the deal between United and Everton fell through. I ended up going to Villa on loan. Oh, no. And the, and the thing is, the next day I trained at Villa, he worked there, he was on island duty. So the nervousness of, of, of not seeing Anxiety. him again. Yeah, when I had to go through twice. The first day I thought, he's going to be there. Like, how, how's we going to Were you size? going in there genuinely going, nah, it's, Roy, it's Roy in today? Or? <laughs> I was like on the M6 on the way down thinking of icebreakers. <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> What's my jokes yeah. like? <laughs> and then I had to go through them icebreakers again when he returned from Ireland. But anyway, it was, it was fine. What was it like, that first interaction? Did he give you a little, was it, did he try and like put it on you or was it just like, nah, I don't didn't. forget about it? Yeah, it was, it was more like that. It was, it was fine. <laughs> Just, he's got them piercing eyes, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got them. Um, so yeah, that was funny. I actually really enjoyed Villa. Yeah, really. What a, what a club? What sort of players were around you at Villa at that time? Uh, Fabian Delph, Jack yeah. Grealish, uh, Ashley Westwood. What a player yeah. he was, by the way. Uh, under, under the radar, radar that yeah, guy. yeah, like, really, really player. good. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Every time uh, we played him, even at Burnley, just proper player, wasn't yeah. he? And Delph is another one of them Hendersons. Yeah. People don't appreciate what a leader he was. Yeah. Uh, and then that was Grealish's breakthrough. Yeah, we got to the FA Cup final that year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who did you play in the final that year? Got tonked off Arsenal. Arsenal. Yeah, it was Arsenal. It was yeah, like 4 0 or something, wasn't it? FA Cup record's atrocious. 4 0, 6 0 have been done. No. Oh, yeah. Watford's corner. Obviously, yeah. 10 0 down, mate. Yeah, it must be a quiz question in there somewhere. Oh, my golly, golly gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you bet you were buzzing you were on the bench that day at Watford, yeah. weren't you? Um... No. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Gormley. 
Oh, poor yeah. Gomi, poor Gomi. To be fair, if it weren't for Gomi, it would have been about 10-0 in that game as well. He yeah. made loads of saves that game. Um, yeah. Right, I want to talk about England. I want to talk about your England career. 13 appearances for the Free Lions. Um, but it wasn't always just sort of plain sailing, was it? We touched on it in, again, harping back to the Cycling GK blog we did. It wasn't always plain sailing for England, was it? Uh, for me personally? Yeah. Nah, especially towards the end. I was going through poor form uh, at United. Yeah. And then, yeah, when I was getting called up, there was stuff like petitions to to say don't club. Not to the scale of what Maguire's going through yeah. now, but a little bit. Um, it, and it was quite new at that that time yeah. that your own fans would proper turn at United and England. It was it was a bit difficult to to deal with. As, how about, how old would you have been at that time point? Twenty four. Yeah, mid twenties. How did you do it? How did you? How did you? How did you cope with that? Because twenty four year old guy. Yeah, poorly. I, I was mentally a bit fragile at the time. I, I was doing well, but I weren't established in yeah. United. You know, when you're always sort of like tenth, eleventh pick. Yeah, it, you, a, yeah. you always feel like you're trying to prove yourself mm. to someone. And I, I was always like that at United and England. And, and when you're feeling like you're failing to do that, yeah, I, I dealt with it poorly. I was proper like. Off social media, not leave the house. Really? Does it, does it get that deep? Yeah, does it, yeah. that you, you're worried about going out and doing stuff, even going for dinner and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, you'd probably say the same. I think it's always better when you play for a team and live outside the city. Yeah, without doubt. Whereas I was a United player living in Manchester. Yeah. We, were, we were seventh in the league after, after winning it and playing for England. Yeah, I was more just like batting down the hatchet, yeah, staying, yeah, stay yeah. indoors. Um, I think if I was late 20s, I, I would have had the tools to deal with it a lot better. Um, but start of the England career was great. I yeah. was, uh, played a lot of qualifiers. It was gutted I never played a major tournament. Really, yeah. I think I played something like 10 out of the 12 qualifiers and hit bad form at the wrong time and missed the Brazil. And this was 2000, to, 2012 you made your debut. Yeah, in 2014. And the World Cup was 2014, yeah. Because yeah, all your appearances came pretty much in that one year, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. In that in that one qualifying campaign, yeah. What, what manager did you have at England? Just I started off with Capello, but never played under him. Yeah. I was meant to make my debut of the night. The Riots, remember the game got called off for, for the yeah. London Riots? Oh, blimey now, yeah. Yeah, I was meant to play that night. I think that was under Capello. Uh, and then played all 13 under Hodgson. Ah, okay. What did you make of Capella in the short time you were there with him? I was a little bit disappointed, to be honest. Yeah. Um, listen, I know now it's not an easy <laughs> job, but whereas like Van Gaal, all right, didn't work for me, but I could see greatness. Yeah. I was a little bit disappointed on the Capella, yeah. Yeah, I'm on the same page, mate. I've said a few things about, like, I just didn't... For me, the like, I've said this so many times, I'm going to say it again. I just feel like he just didn't have enough respect for you as a human being. Yeah. I felt like he was there and he felt like he was a big old school teacher and he could talk to you however he wanted and that was it. You had to smile and go, yes, sir, not a problem. And yeah. I, I didn't buy into it. Yeah, I mean, how was it? I went there maybe expecting some unbelievable sort of defensive yeah, structure yeah, yeah. or something different from Italian cultures, and it it was defensive football. But um, yeah, the person didn't I feel like he didn't even know my name, or yeah. he he wasn't the one who'd called me up. Um, he didn't know Joe Hart's name, mate. You used to call him John. <laughs> true <laughs> yeah, story. Was, it's yeah, a true story, by the way. Was, you used to call him John. Yeah, and there was just no personable touch there at all. Yeah. Um, but again, it's hard to criticise someone who's had his career. Yeah, sure. Uh, but that's that's something that happens. With, sorry, just going back to like the petition side of it. I, I remember, and it was like 
the, the media always make it bigger than it obviously is because it was. I, I even just had a little Google earlier on, and it was like three thousand fans sign it in the first day, and you go three thousand fans. That's that's the Man City lot. It's nobody. That's yeah. nobody. Yeah. But it was yeah. really built up into something it wasn't. So like over the years, I watched a Peter Crouch documentary recently, and um, you know you really feel for him because you said people were really on at him for being a bit different playing for England. Um, with Harry Maguire at the moment, and yeah, then what, even what, yeah, well, I want to know what like what this is. The, like again, it, it's it's really tough for Harry Maguire, right? Because he is again, he lives in Manchester. He's in an underperforming Manchester United team. Yeah, he's not playing week in week out, but he did still get um, called up for England, and he plays, and he always does well when he plays. He scored an own goal in the last game, but it's, it can't be helped. It's one of those things. How you know how mad is football at this moment in time when players? You can see it in his eyes. He's genuinely scared to take to the field at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, there is a little bit of sort of, we build people up. So at the first, Happy to knock them down. Happy yeah. and enjoy it when yeah. they're on the way down. That's what I get. I feel like the press are enjoying this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which which ain't nice, obviously ain't nice for him because at the end of the day, he's, he's from Yorkshire. He was captain Man United and played more than 50 games for England, That's playing amazing. two World Cups. Like, yeah. He's a massive success. And been, been fantastic for oh, England in two, the World Cups. Oh, yeah, yeah. Team of the tournaments, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. He's been in two team of the tournaments at World Cups. Yeah. Listen, he's, he's probably the first one to say, I've lost form. I'm not performing to the level of a Manchester United player. I've been took, He's been took out of the team for that. Yeah. That should be it. Mm. Shouldn't get absolutely Pum- battered every, on a daily basis because of that. He didn't. He didn't choose the transfer fee. He's not going to reject the wages, um, and yeah, he's he's been taken out of the team for for poor form. That that should be it. That should how how it works. It's a shame that, that it's not. And yeah, he's. I just hope he he still feels like he's a success story because lad from Yorkshire. I know. I know he is. Yeah, I hope it turns around for him. He deserves it. He's a good lad <laughs> by all accounts as well. Uh, we're gonna play. Um, we're gonna play a game of countdown in a bit. All right. I've got some. I've got a load of. Um, we've got some like questions for you in a minute. Some like kind of quick fire questions. Um, but if many of you people watched the cycling GK vlogs back in the day, you would have known that um, countdown with Claire's is a thing. Um, I used to batter him all the time just like we, explain what it is then. so countdown with clev basically um you might you might remember or you might still watch it on telly channel four uh countdown it's a world-class game is what it is isn't it i miss these games so much and um, clev's is um he's, he's just below my level tiny just below my level we used to keep a long running tab running on um on the on who won the most games sort of thing and it, it got heavy didn't it we yeah, it was in the hundreds yeah we played hundreds yeah. of games um so at the end of this we're going to play one game of countdown but just the conundrum okay and the winner whoever gets the conundrum is they're the champion yeah they can retire with that championship trophy and they can say they're the champion retire so even, champion even yeah. if you lose then Ben you're not going to whinge about the tally that you were winning before yeah I will do because I knew I'm better than him so I deserve it but I will numbers, still the numbers were very level yeah they were they but, weren't a million miles off from each other so we're going to no, play no, that I'm in talking a minute. the numbers round I was good on the numbers round yeah you were yeah the letters you, you, were, you had the edge yes I did Yes, I did. <laughs> right, quick fires. Tom, give me some quick fires. Come on. Right, okay. We've got some quick fire questions for Mr. Tom Cleverly, uh, which are somewhere here, horrendously formatted. There we go. There we go. Tom Cleverly, quick fire questions. Um, what is your bucket list sporting event as a fan? Anything you can go to, any final, any anything? What a question. Um, probably... Coming up this this weekend, 18th All Ryder Cup. Oh, yeah. There. On a close yeah. one. 18th All Ryder Cup, yeah. Do you know what? 
We we always say Augusta, you know. Oh, we, that'd we, be up there. We always say Augusta, but... The team game makes it different, doesn't the it? The team game makes it different. Poulter standing over it to win it or something like that. No, I think you might be right, guys. Really? Augusta, yeah. I don't know, you know. I don't know. I, that's doubted me I now. really doubted me. I think me. we're agreeing on golf. It's yeah, got to be okay, golf. It's golf. It, will be, yeah. it will be that final day of Augusta or... No, I'm, I'm Tiger riding. rolling in the winner or something. I think it might be Ryder Cup. And imagine like the Solheim Cup that's just done and the Spanish girl who's just had that like tiny little putt to win and your the scores are level and then that goes in. It's kicking off. Yeah. I'm with you. I like it. It's a good answer. It's, it's a very good, good answer. answer. Uh, best football match you've ever been to and watched? Um... Probably it was behind the goal. Uh, United won Champions League on pens. Oh, in Moscow. Moscow, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was there as well. I thought it was yeah. done when Anelka was stepping up. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. Sorry, I thought it was done when John Terry was stepping up. Yeah, that was he a missed, slip. And then Anelka missed the, the winner. No, he didn't miss the winner. Sit, keep it. Edwin van der Sar saved it, yeah. all right. Put Sorry, some respect mate. on it, yeah? Sorry, what about your idol growing up? Uh... Bex or Scorsese. Nice. Yeah, I love that. Um, what would you say to a young Tom Cleverley? What advice would you give him? Um, can't please everyone. Uh, you don't have to prove yourself to everyone. I like that, mate. That's nice. What about, have you got any secret talents or hidden skills or party tricks? Um, no, I haven't actually. No. We've not had one yet where someone's gone, yeah, I can belch the alphabet or something like that. No. He always smells incredible. Is that a secret skill? Always smells incredible. And he uh, dresses impeccably. My, my, yeah, I take pride with my uh, yeah. my dressing. Um, I've got these two young twins, so mine would be a boring one. Like I can sort of carry both. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, any phobias? Um, no. Okay. You're not scared of anything? Listen, I'm uncomfortable at some things, but... Um, I wouldn't say I've got got. Need. I was never great with needles, but I've I've got over, got over that. that. Yeah. Would you be scared of open water swimming? Yeah, yeah I would actually. <laughs> yeah, go. I would. Sharks eating you. Yeah, water that you can't see the bottom there of. Okay. Yeah, that'll get you. you. It's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, it's Alice, a thing, isn't it? Alice Genge put that one on yeah, our he radar. Did. I've never thought about it in my life. And never then he left. said it, and I went. Oh, now yeah, I'm terrified. That, that petrifies me. Yeah. Open All right, water I've swimming. got a good one for you now because. Yeah, this is a good one. The player you would most like on your team in a quiz that you've played with. Oh, I can't. This in quick fire. Because you boys in Watford, that. weren't you the quiz master in lockdown? Fozzy, I'm not just saying this. Fozzy would be up there. Don't say that. No, no, I thought he would. I'm trying to think. Who, who were the clever ones at Watford? Maps, Maps was half clever. Nah, it'd be you or Craig. Craig, I'd put Craig. Craig Cathcart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they'd be Watford. I'm trying to think it, it, throughout my career if I've played with any brain boxes. None are standing out, to be fair. No. I'll, have, I'll have Kafka. I'll have Craig Kafka. If, Craig, if you're watching, by the way, can you come on the podcast? We'd love to have you on. By the way, the world needs to know actually how funny watching. you are. He is, he is, he's a sneaky funny one, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's a double sneaky funny one. He comes across like he's got nothing, but he is incredible. <laughs> he is incredible. Um, and conversely then, who who is the one player you definitely would not want on your quiz team? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to answer it as well. <laughs> Do you know what? Jack Greeley should be up there. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jack would be up there. Oh, the, the best. Do you remember when um, 
had the map oh, and they were saying where it's you're from and, and he was like the yeah. is he joking when there's no chance there's no way he's joking there's no. no way have you seen this clip by the way it's a map of Great Britain it's a map of England yeah. I think it is or where Great are you from and he went, where are you from and he went what's that and he went it's a map of England and he went is it no no he went well I don't know where I'm from that is in like, where it was yeah, yeah. but yeah, that's a joke that's a joke I don't think it is mate I don't think it is Clevs that was incredible thank you so much mate we really appreciate it countdown oh my god what am I thinking here countdown what am I thinking here certified ultimate champion this is it, mate. It comes down to screen this, all right? Record. I'm going to screen record this, okay? We'll put it on the screen. And what have you got to do? Have you basically got so to... The conundrum's a nine-letter word jumbled up that you've got to... Say what the word is? Yeah. Okay, and, it, and is it just first one to shout it out? No, we'd use the finger on the buzzers. Oh, there's a buzzer. Yeah, there's... Yeah. Okay. Can you do two-player just conundrums? Yeah. No, it's just... It, the conundrum come up and, and you've got to say whether you've got it or not, yeah? And just yeah, pull yeah. Uh, Tom's... Mic over a little bit closer to you. Brilliant. Yeah. I'm You're screen, screen recording it, yeah? Oh, yeah. Let me just make sure one second. Are we just saying the word? Oh, no. You can say, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Ah, there we go. It is working. Yeah. Yeah. We just say, I've got it. Once and for all, this is it now. It's got to be central. No. We've got to go. Yeah. It's got to be central. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd play. So we'd play. If I was holding it over here and it was on my phone we were playing on, right? He'd go, put it in the middle. It's got to be central. It's got to be central because it would take him longer to put his arm over here and press it. <laughs> a little arms. Right. Kanandi. You ready this for this? It. Let's this go. Here you go. C- yeah. Count it down, Ben. It's gone. We're in. Got it. Disappear. <gasps> no, it's not. It's not. Appraised. I'm going to go for appraised. It, it, it. It is. It's appraised. Oh, no, he's ultimate. What's what's happening? Hold on. Yeah, it's... It's appraised. It's appraised. Oh, Let me see. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, and, then, one S. and then throughout the rest of the day, he would be telling me words like, you need to disappear. <laughs> oh, where's those balls disappeared? <laughs> He'd banter me for the rest of the day now. Uh, oh, well praise. Played, mate. Thanks, mate. That Hello. means so much to me, you would not believe. Appraised. <sighs> Thank you. Thank Love you. The Foscast. Love the Foscast. Love the Foscast, everyone. <laughs> All right, so um, what's happened is, right, I've won and I am champion, but I'm going to give him another, I'm going to give him another go because we've found out that appraised and disappear contain the same letters however i typed appraised in and it said it was the right answer so that's all there is to it all right but i think we are that good at countdown that we have found Clef's, two clubs wins that yeah i got disappeared no before. i'm sorry but clubs wins that it's, if that's it's an same, anagram of disappear. yeah okay it starts now all right from... it starts from now <laughs> ready kanundi here we go three We're two off. one go got it refunding nah yeah, he's, he's, he's the champ. I am That's the one true champ. I am the one true uh, I mean, champ. Th- this, is a, that, this, this weren't a joke, though. This was the level. <laughs> <laughs> when we played Countdown, it was this elite. Was it, did you ever put a couple of quid on it? Or? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was elite. Wow. Um, okay. Ketchup and Countdown, that's our two big similarities. Can you, can you tell us how good Ben and Greg Cathcart were at Stickman Golf because he says they were the number one and number two best players in the world at Stickman Golf. At one point. Yeah, I would say there was no way of being any better. Uh, yeah. You know, every secret hole, every sort of, yeah, the aiming, bar, aiming point, spinning point, 
there, there was no way of being any better. Elite players, <laughs> all right? Elite mentality, yeah. elite players. Um, form of refund, uh, payback money typically to a customer who is not satisfied with goods or services bought. Refunding up the Foscast. Up the Foscast. Come on, the boys. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of the Foscast. Don't forget to give us a follow on Spotify. Up the Foscast. <laughs>